0: Welcome to Dr. Imposter. Uh, we're back at it again. Uh, we're actually trying to put episodes out on time now. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts, but we have good intentions. We're going to try and keep with it. Isn't that right? That's right. Doing our very, very best. Well, my name is Austin White. And I'm Kama Matthias, And we have a special guest with us today. Uh, one Adam Barry. Uh, Class of 2025, <laughs> a very good friend of ours. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for well. Being le, on well today.
1: I, I mean, he's less of a friend since he's in class of 2025. He, yeah, he, he got demoted. He got demoted
2: a class for sure. Yeah, kind of an. Hey, being a doctor is scary. Kind of yeah. put that off. Uh,
0: yes. Yeah, so I guess probably the most interesting thing about Adam. <laughs> there's the, the most interesting thing about adam is that he's an anatomy fellow um at our school um which means that he took an extra year uh to get really good at anatomy and stuff uh adam you could probably explain that a lot better than i just did but uh tell us more about what a fellow is and what that entails for you yeah
2: sure so most important part about the fellowship is essentially that I I help teach anatomy to the first year class, um, and different colleges of medicine will do these. They have a lot of colleges have these kinds of positions, and they'll do them differently. Rocky Vista is a little bit unique, where instead of just taking a full year off to to do that full time, um, I alternate months um, at the at the school with first year students teaching anatomy with my normal third year rotations. So it essentially takes me two years to complete the normal third year curriculum. So I'm currently an a uh, third year medical student part B,
0: say. Uh, I was just going to say, do you think that makes you twice as smart as the average medical student or half as smart since it takes you twice as long?
2: You know, I think it evens out to making me just, just pretty average, my friends.
0: Oh, you're above <laughs> average. You're <laughs> at least above average.
2: No, my class rank says, bud or <laughs> well, class, class rank
1: means absolutely nothing. So oh, do you man. think that that do you think that the fellowship is in fact the most interesting thing about
2: yourself? Um uh it is pretty significantly tied to my professional identity, I would say, okay. if that equates to most interesting than then yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> I do paint small toys for children in my free time, which I think is pretty interesting.
1: I was I was I hoping I was hoping this was going to come up
2: they're not for
1: children mini- they're
0: miniatures
1: yes they're collectibles
2: you
0: those in the field
1: would know
2: they're not for children but my mom thinks they're for children so
1: do your children think that they're for children
2: no they know they are not for children that's one thing they know <laughs> they know they know that
1: they don't touch daddy's uh collectible dolls i
2: mean figurines, figurines. Correct. <laughs> um but yes yeah, yeah, so- i don't know i have other credentials but
0: you know that we don't have all day
1: less i don't know. your email signature must be at least <laughs> 10 <laughs> lines
0: long yeah How how many how many lines are in your email signature adam listen i've got six different iterations depending on who i'm sending the
2: email to okay oh wow of, average of average of four, though so, you say.
1: are <laughs> s- absolutely insufferable.
0: You're playing chess, but we're playing checkers over here.
2: When do you guys stop
0: hanging out with me? <laughs> uh, that's my favorite thing that we do as medical students. Is everybody's just trying to very subtly one up each other with their email signatures? Firstly, <laughs> mine's up to twelve lines. <laughs>
2: Some of us are being a little bit less subtle about it with our superiority complexes.
0: <laughs> yeah, this, this podcast is not about superiority complexes at all.
1: No, 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 Right. Wrong place. Wrong place to flex your email signature.
2: We all know superiority complexes are just a reflection of our deepest, most innermost imposter syndrome. So.
0: Well, there we go. Now we're back to full circle. Um, So, Adam, a big reason besides you being a good friend of ours and we enjoy your company, a big reason we wanted to have you on is to talk about sort of your career goals and how that has evolved and changed throughout medical school and what kind of has led to your decisions. So maybe just start by telling us when you entered medical school, what was your eventual career goal?
2: Sure. I spent a couple years before medical school as a scribe and a first uh, surgical assistant for an orthopedic surgeon. Um, And I really enjoyed my time in the operating room. So I when I first entered medical school was not totally sure, but I did know for a fact that I was going to be some kind of surgeon. So. I was pretty, pretty dang sure. Um, And then. Medical school started and I was thinking a lot about what kind of surgeon I wanted to be because it wasn't, you know, it was not a question of if, it was just which kind. Um, and most, it was COVID, right? So we were all online and so I didn't like go see anybody or talk to anybody. I just watched videos on YouTube all day um, or media site, depending on where I was watching videos at the time. But uh, ended up discovering urology as a specialty and I read a lot about it and I watched a lot of stuff. And I became pretty convinced about th- by about three months into medical school that that's what I was going to do, and I was pretty dang sure about it.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm. I remember, uh, you know, in our study groups when we kind of would hang, uh, hang out and occasionally study, um, it was pretty hard to get Adam to talk about anything other than the stream
0: team, hmm. Rod Squad. I'm sorry I don't have a funny yeah. thing you you took the two best ones. <laughs> Adam, what is it about urology that drew you towards it? Um, so
2: for me, I was very interested in urology. I knew I wanted to be a surgeon and I had uh at the time I had one daughter and I have two daughters. Um and urology was Uh, explained to me as if there was such a thing as a lifestyle surgical subspecialty it would be urology or ophthalmology um eyeballs are gross so i didn't want to do that and then Mm -hmm. um i really found it interesting and the idea i found it like a really appealing idea to talk to patients about sexual dysfunction and the most kind of intimate parts of their lives i felt like it's really easy it was really easy for me in clinic and the orthopedic clinic to get like caught up in just the humdrum of like people being old and not being able to Walk and it's just like I don't know, I just felt unimportant sometimes, and I felt like it would be more fulfilling for me to talk about things that people really really cared about, like not being able to pee or have sex um and so I was really intrigued by by those ideas as far as the clinical aspect of urology and then I also uh, did robotics in high school that was like my big thing as a high school nerd, and so the robotic aspect of urology was really exciting to me because I, I thought that would be really cool so.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, urology really is one of those specialties that I feel like has actually found good use for uh, surgical robots. And it's not just like mm-hmm. a gimmick. Like there's an actual use case for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's interesting. Because um, honestly, like who needs to walk? Like going to the bathroom and having sex are much more important on at least like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, those are the top of my <laughs> pyramid. Was- <laughs> Bottom. Wait, <is> bot- <laughs> bottom's a good one. Bottom of the yeah, you, Bottom yeah. Of the build up. Yeah, you got to <laughs> build up. We'll edit that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Adam, you're you are stream team for. I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like the first, like almost entirely the, the first two years of school. And then oh, yeah. you start. You started having a change of heart.
2: Yeah, I would say, um, as I progressed in my professional identity through the first years of medical school, I was involved in several things that were really important to me. Um, I was uh, one of our curriculum representatives with Kama. We did that together, um, and I was participating in one of our uh, on for academic medicine and leadership and I participated with the student osteopathic medical association pretty heavily so I became a lot more invested and interested in medical education and health policy and uh, just kind of some of the ancillary parts of of medicine Um, and so those things started to be more important to me where I would I would envision myself not only as a urologist but also as a, a teacher or a future you know like being involved in other parts of medicine, there were a lot of things that I became passionate about. Um, and then, uh, but I was still very heavily, like, as far as specialty was concerned, very heavily set on urology. And then I started the anatomy fellowship about a year ago, uh, loved teaching. And that only helped kind of encourage that part of my professional identity and what I cared about. And then my first clinical rotation was surgery, which was terrible. (laughs) why terrible yeah you know it's like the things that i thought i would like about it i did like about it that was the most interesting part it's like i really i still really like the or um i still and i did uh i did a month with a vascular surgeon and a month with a urologist and i still i really enjoyed urology clinic like those are still my favorite clinic days that i've had um, and I really enjoyed the procedures themselves and like all that stuff. Like I was right on, but there were just things that you don't think about, you know, things that you care about and that you don't like know are going to happen. Or so for me, like the biggest thing, like I work a lot, like comma and Austin, Austin likes to make fun of me for being a workaholic, but so, like, I don't mind long days in the hospital, but what really just pisses me off and really just ruined my days would be if I showed up in the morning and the schedule said I'd be home at three o'clock. And then like things happened in the OR and I ended up there till nine, like that, I just more than I ever thought would just drove me insane. And I just, I just realized pretty quick that I could not deal with that long-term. So that was one of the big, there were other things, but that was probably like the biggest thing that I realized, like, Oh, I can't live like this. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, how frustrating was that?
1: To kind of like, you get to this point in medical school where you're like, you're finally on rotations, you're out of classes, which is, you know, at this point, in you know, when you start your third year and your third year rotations, you've been in classes for like 20 something years, it feels like, right? And you're finally in clinics and you're excited. And especially when you get to a rotation that you think you'd be excited for. um, And then you get on that rotation that you're excited for. And then you realize that, oh, there's quite a few things that Really uh that I didn't realize or that are, you know, just something that I can't see myself doing. How was that like super frustrating to you? Like experiencing that?
2: Yeah, it was it was really frustrating, especially because I seriously had like never even let myself like even as a pre-med, I had never even really considered the idea of like practicing medicine. I was gonna be a surgeon, and that's why I went to medical school. And so, to like not like I expected maybe like to not enjoy urology as much as I thought I would or whatever, but like I always thought like I'd go back to I just be a general surgeon or something. Um, but to just like throw all that out the window, I was like, there was some time where I was like, why did I come to do this? Like, this seems that's not cool. Um, and I mean, it was really lucky in my opinion that I had spent so much time developing my professional identity in other ways because I did at least have that stuff in the interim. Where I was like, well, if nothing else, I can teach or do something like outside of clinical medicine. So, but yeah, it was really
0: frustrating. So like you, you were the urology guy. Like that was such a big part of like your identity. <laughs> um, first couple of years of medical school. Did you find like that was hard to kind of divorce that image from who you were as you moved on into into third year and you started looking at other specialties? Um, I think it it
2: was, but it also came at like a positive time for me where all I wasn't like associating with anybody from our class anymore, really. So there's probably still a lot of people in our class that are assuming that I'm still planning on doing that. And uh it was more like what I felt was like harder when I'm still like dealing with this, is like urology is a really competitive surgical subspecialty. And like the vain part of me really didn't want to like match into a different specialty. And for people to see that and then think that I like failed, you mm-hmm. know? So it's still something that I deal with where like, there's a part of me that wants to, in my specialty that I'm want to do now, that part of me that wants to just match at like some Ivy league program, just to still like, even if I don't want to go there necessarily just to still like, not just cause I thinking about that, which is stupid just to, for people to think that, not think that I like failed or something stupid. So,
1: so uh, my uh, follow-up question that Adam is, how does it feel to be the only medical student in the country that deals with vanity?
2: You know, it's (laughs) just really hard for me personally.
1: And I don't know. I think uh, that's, uh, that, that is just, (laughs) that's an incredible burden that you have to bear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you bring, you bring up a, you, you, like I appreciate you being like honest about that. Um, because that is a super uh that's a really like vulnerable I think aspect of being a medical student is there is this like um it, it it is hard to be there's multiple points. What I'm trying to say, there's multiple points in medical school that I think are very humbling. <laughs> um when you throughout your entire life, you know, you've had very good grades and uh you know you've been uh you know top of your game in multiple aspects of your life and you get to medical school and things just kind of slap you in the face and so something it is i appreciate you being real about you know some of those (laughs) points in medical school where you do have this like kind of realization like that like you mentioned
2: yeah, I mean, none of us are really going to be here unless there's some part of us uh, that has tied a piece of our self worth to our uh, productivity and our uh, <laughs> our achievement. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. We it's
0: a fun, fun part of it. So, not yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a hundred percent it. I mean, why I'll start a podcast, right? It's a hundred percent vanity. At least for me, I don't know about you, Colin. No, I, it's just you. It's ninety percent vanity, and it's ten percent like wanting to chat with my friend on a regular basis. Yeah.
1: Well, it's it's funny <laughs> because I actually I I I am not joking. I hate the sound of my own voice, I and mean, that the cliche is that you know, you know, people might think we like hearing our voice because that's why we start podcasts. I could not be further from the truth. I hate listening to myself. Editing these podcasts is painful because I. Hate the way I sound. Yeah, dude, me
0: too. I hate the sound of your
1: voice. <laughs> I don't blame I don't I don't blame you. Poor Hannah has to deal with me every day and my yeah, annoying she's a, voice. She's a saint. She is.
0: So Adam, uh if not urology, what is your career path now? Where what direction are you headed? So um
2: I am planning on matching into pathology at this point. So that is, that is the plan. That was kind of hard Took me. I just nailed that down probably a couple months ago. So most of the last year was in flux. Um, but that's, that's where we're at. That's the plan.
1: That's pretty, that's a pretty big jump.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, maybe a lot of people don't know exactly what pathology is. Uh, like pretend I am like a a pre-med and I don't know a whole lot about, different medical specialties uh in like one or two minutes what is pathology
2: yeah so pathologists basically run microscopes so every time you order a lab test or you have a biopsy or you take a tumor or something out of a patient and you send it quote unquote to the lab that may see a couple of technicians or something along the way but ultimately that is going to a pathologist to evaluate and so Radiologists and pathologists are referred to as a doctor's doctor, where their role is not patient-facing, but they provide diagnostic information to other physicians.
0: Very cool. It's a great explanation. Um, so what did you find most appealing about pathology? A couple things. Initially, when I
2: first thought, like maybe I'll do pathology, that came from uh, like I've like I spoke about before my other professional interests where um i do want to be heavily involved in medical education i do want to teach and i really enjoy teaching in the preclinical setting and pathologists do a lot of that and so uh, that was my first inkling where i was like i want to teach a bunch i could be a pathologist and then i was like well what do they actually do as pathologists and not just teach and so um i did an elective in pathology to figure that out um and you know i've learned a couple things about myself over the past couple of years, which you do in medical school, right? And uh, one thing that I have found is that, I mean, you know, medicine's a job. Some people will conflate it with other things, but it's a job. And what I really liked about my pathology rotation compared to my other rotations um, is they would stick me in an office by myself for like six hours with a microscope and they would bring me slides. Uh, the pathologist would, he'd like look over the slides and then he'd bring me the, the slides. And then I would look at the microscope at the tissues and then try and figure out what was going on with textbooks and the internet and stuff. And I'd write down what I thought was happening. And then for the last like hour and a half of the day, I'd go into his office and he would tell me why I was wrong uh, about everything. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's not, there's very few places in medicine where you can just put your headphones in and work for a few hours. You know, it's, uh, there's a lot of social interaction and talking to patients, talking to other doctors. Like that's what we do all day as physicians. And I just found out about myself that like doing that for more than four or five hours, like really just wears me down. And I love to do that. I love to talk to people. I love to chat with people. But after about three or four hours, I'm pretty, I'm pretty done with that for the day. Um, So pathology was really nice in that way where I could just put my headphones in and do some work.
1: It's very nice. So are you an expert at shades of pink now?
2: Oh yeah. Yep. You under you, you you know the
1: difference between a coral and a and a pastel or an orchid or a nope. peach, a fuchsia?
2: No, but know I know the, the, the difference between a neutrophil or and eosinophil.
0: <laughs> no, that's a radiology thing. It's an everything thing. No. If you don't know how to describe <laughs> something, you say it's ground <laughs> glass in appearance even, I know even uh, on a
2: pathology slide even on a that usually if you have a ground glass on a pathology slide that's an that's a lab error <laughs> <laughs> somebody dropped the slide
1: so adam i guess wrapping up um, a question i wanted to ask you was just you know for um for most students I'll say because statistically uh most medical students are gonna change their mind of what they want to do. They're gonna start medical school with this like firm idea of what they want to do uh, and they're gonna be super gung-ho about one specialty and then whether before they start rotations or um like yourself, once you once they start rotations, uh you know, their minds will change. they'll realize that certain lifestyle factors just didn't line up for them or you know, whatever the case may be. um what advice would you? um, either give to your former self or other students that are, um, going through kind of a similar process that you're now, or that you have gone through?
2: Yeah, I think, um, I think as medical students, we all could do to be just a little bit more forgiving of that, forgiving of each other. You know, we all show up in medical school and we don't know anything and that's okay. Um, and so I don't think we need to like, we can all be a little bit better about, you know, if whoever, when the first years roll in and they're just so sure they're going to be orthopedic surgeons, uh, you know, or pediatric cardiothoracic neurosurgeons or whatever, like, we don't need to be mean about that, you know, like maybe they will, you know, we don't know. Um, And then the other thing I would say is that people are really afraid to like commit to specialties, you know, like I am so sick of hearing first year medical students tell me what they want to do. And then they say, but you know, I'm, I'm really open. I'm going into rotations with an open mind. You know, like they give me this whole spiel. Like, I know, I get it. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think you can just, you can own it. It's okay to just want to do something. And as long as you recognize that, and you don't need to tell everybody that you recognize that might change. I, in my opinion, maybe that's just a pet peeve of mine. I'm sick of hearing that from everybody. <laughs> um, and I think it's okay to just, whatever you want to do, like, you own it, be honest with yourself and with other people about it. And then if you change, like, just own that too. Like, you should have reasons behind why you make decisions um but you don't and you can use those to like justify things to other people you don't have to like i don't know just every, people are going to think things about you and they're going to say things about you but who cares
0: yeah i've definitely never said those exact words uh, oh i'm keeping my, my i'm keeping an open mind like no, i wanted to do family medicine since i've <murdered laughs> from my mom like but no it's <laughs> That's fine, I think, to to just have a have a vision, and maybe I should have been more firm on it. Yeah, I don't really have any regrets. I think some people are afraid that their preceptors maybe are going to be uh, a little more dismissive of them if they know that they're doing a specialty is not what they're going into. Not naming names what you don't have any regrets? Yeah, no, I, I don't have any
2: regrets about being as committed as I was to something that I knew nothing about. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it was what? a powerful driver for me. And it was, you know, I wouldn't have done as much stuff as I did without that, I think. And I feel like it was really valuable. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, I I'm yeah. With having done that.
1: Yeah, the, I think that's a really good point. I think, um, you know, it's obviously with certainly like urology, more competitive specialties, Um, you know, students are going to be driven to, like you said, do, um, more extracurricular things and, and, uh, leadership opportunities, you know, uh, you know, to fill out, um, your, your CV. Um, but I think no matter what specialty you go into, there's, there are so many valuable, um, things that you can do that aren't necessarily tied to like one specialty. Like if it's a. Uh, you know, a student government position at your school or getting involved in just like a student medical society, a medical student society, like, uh, like SOMA, or, um, you know, whatever the organization may be. Um, There's so many valuable experiences to be had, no matter what specialty you're going into, whether viewed as competitive or or non-competitive. So I think that's a, that's a really good point. I think just getting involved, no matter what, is super important.
2: Yeah. And I think having a vision for yourself, no matter what that vision is, helps you get through medical school. Medical school really, really sucks. And if you have no idea like why you're there or like what the point is, like that doesn't that vision doesn't have to be tied to a specialty of medicine. But I think having some kind of vision for your future can really help you get through the the really sucky times in medical school. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, boys, should we call it there? I think we
2: should. Adam,
1: appreciate you coming on and uh and humoring us for
2: a little bit made me so happy. Thanks for the invite.
1: yeah, we're happy to have you. Um, we appreciate your insight and your advice and hopefully hopefully some uh, um, some other medical students and early on in their schooling or some pre-meds can start medical school with a little bit more, uh, of a better perspective of kind of the journey um, you know as they choose choose a specialty
2: yeah hope so you guys are doing cool stuff thanks for
0: doing this thank you yeah we we have a fun time thank you buddy we're glad you took time out of your have your uh day off to do this with us well for the folks at home uh thank you for listening to dr imposter we're doing medical school
1: so can you